0: Hey guys, if you are a father who would like to have a deeper relationship with your son, if you have a son that you're trying to pour into and develop, if you wanna help your son see the greatness that you know he has in his life, I've got a very special event coming up June 23rd through 27th. We are going to be in Cleveland National Forest. My father's coming with me, who my, the man who you hear me talk about all the time, who helped me become who I've become in life. We're going to be doing a father-son rite of passage event, Map and Compass Land Navigation. I'll be teaching you how to use Map and Compass in the exact same place that I learned in Navy SEAL training. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll, you'll have these memories for the rest of your life. If you want to find out more, you can click the link in the description below. We've only got 16 spots available and we've already sold a few of those you can find out more at the impossible.life slash navigators you can also make those same decisions about your self-talk and if once you understand how important it is and how much it really influences your future, then you'll say, okay, this is not just me letting my feelings have a moment. Like this actually influences my life and can change what's going to happen in this next moment. And what happens in this next moment can dr- drastically change my future. I need to decide right now to control my self-talk and here's what good self-talk needs to sound like. That's impossible.
1: Let me tell you what I believe.
0: What's your weakness...
1: Is not your technique. Yes! Yes! Don't think you are. Know you are. The Impossible Life Podcast.
0: I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. This is the Impossible Life Podcast, because Nick and I are attempting to live impossible lives. What we know is that nothing is impossible. So instead of using impossible as an excuse to not try, we'll use the pursuit of impossible as an accelerant for greatness. If something's never been done before, that just means it's unexplored. If they tell you it's too hard, it's just waiting to be simplified. Impossible is a default label used by uncourageous people, unwilling to take a risk. The real truth is this, the solution to any impossible task starts with this question. If I had to, what would it take? What would it take?
1: Welcome to another episode of The Impossible Life. I'm set across from a man who wanted to challenge the saying that multitasking is a myth. To do so, he now sleeps on a bed of nails. That's right, folks. The former Navy SEAL <laughs> Garrett Unkelbach, a man who sleeps and does acupuncture at the same time. You're
0: really proud of that one, aren't you?
1: I mean, oddly enough, I, I feel like you think of really meaningful things to give to people, and I just sit there <laughs> and keep trying to think of more ways to uh, come up with intros. And that one literally just came to me. And the way I weigh these intros up is if I laugh,
0: then, um, then I, that's that's. I, I am actually about to do some acupuncture next week.
1: So Well, maybe I feel like, and I know you're going to do acupuncture because we've talked about this, and I feel like maybe in my subconscious. I think that's where it came from. And I also know you sleep. See, look at that. I don't sleep. I wait. Oh, okay, Chuck Norris. Anyways, <laughs> today we are going to talk to you guys about something that we've alluded to for a long time. And I'm very happy that we've- Not even
0: alluded to. We've referenced it. We've talked around it. That's talked true. about it. Yeah. Now we're going to go deep.
1: Yes. Now we are going to finally address self-talk, which I am very excited to do. Now, before we do that, there is a world record that everybody that's listening to this will have to be aware of. And it's in the track and field world. You've done track and field, so you know Ooh. this. It's called a PR which is a personal record, right? And every single one of you holds an ongoing PR for world record conversation because it's the conversation you're having with yourself all the time, self-talk, constantly going on. And this is not just our opinion. There was a study done by the Neuroimaging Center at the University of Southern California, and the average person, average G and you, I know you don't like to be average anything, so I don't know what yours would be but the average person has about 48.6 I don't know how you have .6 but 48.6 thoughts per minute, which adds up to a total of 70,000 thoughts per day.
0: That's an, that's a lot. That is a lot what of thoughts. It, I'm assuming the personal record reference you were making is that we all have our own personal record of internal thoughts. Yeah.
1: What's the record for the
0: longest conversation in the world?
1: Well, you're having it every day with yourself, and that was the uh, that was the early reference that I made. Clearly, that joke fell a little bit that, flat. That was
0: the um, that joke was the point six. Okay, that's yeah. <laughs> that was not a full thought. It was yeah. .6.
1: <laughs> Whatever, man. You know, it sounded. <laughs> All right, yeah, fair play. I'll admit, whenever I'm uh, I'm short on that one, but anyways, the the very first thing. So we've like we said, self talk. I we talked about this beforehand, and self talk is like the eggs flour and water of life and oil and oil okay yeah oil as well basic
0: cooking ingredients Basic cooking ingredients it doesn't cook very much look
1: if it's in a package and it can be thrown in the oven i'm all about that but you know actually i do use oil to make sure things don't stick to the pan and if i'm like cooking up some meat so there you go yeah i forgot about it but yes those so self-talk is something we've if you go back and were to just listen to this on play for god knows how many hours it would be you would hear us reference self-talk because it's such an element of every single thing you're going to do to try and make yourself better.
0: Can we just pause there for a second? Just yeah. think about that. You said, you know, if you could go back and listen, I think about go- if you could go back and listen to your own audio thoughts. Oh, man. Right? Oh. Like that would be, that. That's let's just intro self-talk with that. Think about all the thoughts that you've had all day long, the things that you've said to yourself, not out loud, but on the inside, and then you could go back and listen to them. You, like, ask yourself, what would I think of that person? Because I think for a lot of people, mm-hmm. for a lot of people, That's if good. you went back and listen to that audio track, you'd be like, man, like, wow, I can't believe, why would I, why would I let myself talk to myself that way? Yeah. And a lot of people will talk to themselves in a manner that they would never talk to someone else or in a manner that they would never let someone hear them talk to themselves. Yeah. But they think because it's inside their head that it's okay to speak to yourself that way. And this is and self talk is so much more than about being cur- uh, courteous and polite uh, with yourself. But that's just just think about that. What would it sound like if I went back and listened to the thoughts that I've had throughout the day?
1: Yeah, and and imagine if they when they played these thoughts back for you, they didn't tell you that they were your thoughts. You're like, hey, we actually managed to hear some people talking about you, and, and we we got the transcript. You would oh, be man. like, that mother, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, and then be like, oh, by the way, all those were you. That would be like the yeah. the realization moment, but it is so true. That that,
0: that would be a, a shift for sure. Huge shift. Plot S- twist. Plot, yeah. We need plot. a sound bite for plot twist. Dude, I'm, I'm
1: like running out of like places to store it. Figure them. it out. Yeah, I've got the one for whenever Garrett tells a joke. There we go. Yeah, crickets. <laughs> I've been waiting for... Okay. dude. He, I looked back. I had to reach over. If you're watching video, I had to reach over to press that button. When I came back to look at Garrett... I turned the crickets button off quick. I'll just put it that way. That was a that was a death stare. So very first thing like we said, you have to know we've given the stat. We've given a great example of if we were to take transcripts of your thoughts, you have to be aware that it's happening. I think the first question whenever you know if you want to take hold of your self-talk is ask yourself the question you know, typically these will come from an emotion. You'll have an emotional response to something. Your emotions are not something that means that you have to follow them or, Hey, you know, all emotions are good emotions. Like you need to just give them space and just follow them. No, we're not saying that emotions are indicators. So beneath the emotion is a thought process. We're not saying shove emotions down. We're not saying good, bad. We're just saying don't you don't have to follow your emotions
0: when i think of emotions and i'm i'm not a pilot but i i do aspire to be a pilot and i have some flying experience when i think of emotions it kind of makes me think of like for a pilot they have a windshield they can see outside the plane Mm -hmm. yeah and you also have you know um internal diagnostics you know you can close your eyes on a roller coaster and feel what's happening yeah for sure right Um, When you're flying a plane, you can feel certain things or you can see things out the windshield, right? You can, there can be wind outside that you see that makes you think that you're going down. Um, But that's not necessarily true. What's more important is that you pay, like in pilot, uh, piloting aircraft is all about your instruments. Trust your instruments, trust your instruments, trust your instruments, right? What does your altimeter say? Not, Mm. not do you feel like you're going up or down? What does your altimeter say? And I, I, I just make that analogy or paint that picture to say, I feel like some, I feel like emotions are what you can see outside the window or even what you feel in your body. Um, mm-hmm. it is giving you information, but that, that information is not always the truth. Mm.
1: The picture I got there, you told a story about how sometimes you'll get these updrafts and it'll feel like you're, you're being, you're being lifted up. And, and that's the feeling that you have in the plane. But, and so if you were to go on your feelings, you would start to nose the plane. And down. you
0: can totally, I mean, you can, you can see things and feel things in your body that make you think the plane is doing one thing, but it's actually doing the opposite. Mm. And if you, it truly, if you pilot a plane based upon your feelings and not so much your emotional feelings, but your physical feelings, yeah. if you pilot on that, instead of what the instruments tell you, you can absolutely crash the plane
1: right now. The, uh, we're not terminators like you, so we don't have a bionic terminator style, like a uh, heads up display in our eyeball. Like I know you do. <laughs> so for those of us that, that don't have sweet. Yeah. See, I don't want to get you sidetracked on that, but for those of us that don't have that, that's why I'm saying if you don't have a, an indica- like you don't have an instrument panel in front of you all the time but when you feel a strong emotion that is a great indicator that something something in you a thought pattern exists that some external stimuli triggered and that's why you've had such a strong r- response so let's use that as the cue when you have that the first question to ask is okay what's being said like you need to take control and understand that there's self talk happening what's being said i think that's a great place to start and and clearly like stop okay what what am i running through my head and then the second part of that that I think is even more important. Did you, do you want to say, yeah, that
0: with that, what's being said is the first awareness check. You yes. got to process information, just like that pilot is saying, OK, like I'm feeling certain things and I'm seeing things outside the windshield. But also my instruments are saying something different. Right. And you don't want to fly without those instruments the awareness and with the self-talk is okay. Okay. I hear the self-talk. I hear what the self-talk is saying. What else do I need to be paying attention to? Yeah, exactly. But
1: another interesting point, whenever you say what is being said is whose voice is it? And that may make you sound like a crazy person. Like you have other people's voices in your head, but I'll give a funny example of this. And then Garrett, I want you to share what you shared about when we discussed this beforehand, but whose voice is in your head? So little known fact about Garrett here. That's fun. So Garrett and I are doing, we're always up to some sort of something challenge or we're developing things and we're just testing things out. So we had something uh, where we were doing a workout together uh, this week and I was antagonizing Garrett and little known fact about Garrett, he hates being called buddy. So uh,
0: it's not like, I don't feel like that is weird to not be like to called buddy or illogical. I To me personally, I just think, buddy is like i call my dog buddy Mm -hmm. or i would call like a five-year-old buddy but i would not call it another adult man buddy i feel like it's kind of direct like i would certainly wouldn't call you know someone that i look up to or respect buddy so why would you say that to even your peers
1: you know it's the absolute conundrum for you as a man named buddy what do you do do you call him by his name or sir oh (laughs) see (laughs) i already by his name i already threw i already threw a wrench in that but no on a serious note so you don't like being called buddy I come from a culture in Southern California. People are like, oh, my buddy came over here. Oh, my buddy's coming over. People say that, and it's not a derogatory term. But for you, you really don't like being called buddy. So when I was antagonizing you, I was calling you buddy. I was like, oh, hey, great effort, buddy. And then I realized afterwards, like, I think I shot you a text later. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. I, I didn't mean to call you buddy. The weird thing is because I knew we were doing the self-talk, I kind of worked my way back, and I was like, why do I say buddy? And what's weird about this, and remember, this is related to whose voice is in your head, is it went back to a high school football coach. I had a high school football coach that would just beat the, you know, not physically beat the crap out of us, but you know, you puke in high school football. Like you, you're, you're, they push you as much as they can, a bunch of like teenage, you know, teenage boys. And he, whenever we would come up with some BS excuse for whatever it was, whether it was our grades, because they monitored all that sort of stuff. He'd be like, oh, hey, hey, that's cool, buddy. Guess what? And then he would like tell you, get in the push-up position you know what i mean and he would always do that and so i it's kind of a for you buddy's like a positive term it, it is but it's also he, he was antagonizing us because we would be like but coach you know my my dog died or my dog ate my homework and he'd be like hey buddy hey no problem get in the push-up
0: position like that's what he would say to us I've, all the time you, your impersonation of him just makes me think of ben stiller <laughs> yeah we completely went to globo gym but but what's your so what you're <laughs> saying though what you're saying though is like our, our internal voice oftentimes is a reflection of what we've heard. One hundred percent. It's very true. So what, what you hear around you, the voices that you allow to speak into your life, including your own, are the things that create your internal voice. So if you hear a bunch of if people are constantly discouraging you, you're hearing all these negative things about yourself, and then you're reinforcing it or you're allowing it, that's how you're going to talk to yourself. Yes. you definitely and well and, and that's not an absolute that's just what's going to be your natural self. That's the default. Yeah, right. That's the default, and
1: that's why I said it's important to know whose voice. Because if you look at how people develop, I mean, we all started as babies and grew up as kids. That's true of all humans ever. And what we don't realize is that we are making a map of the world when we're doing that, based on all our sensory inputs what we what we hear, touch, taste, feel, uh, what's the one, and smell. So all those things are constantly inputting into our brain. That's like the language of the brain. And you are hearing things, and you can't store everything exactly. So your brain starts to generalize things. And the reason I'm giving that background, you can do a lot more research on that, is because sometimes the voice you hear in your head will, will be triggered, and you won't realize it's someone else's voice until you stop and ask those two questions. What's being said, and whose voice is that? Because a lot of times, you know, if you always heard, you're not good enough, in a certain setting when you were growing up. Maybe it was from an authority figure. Somebody else that is not an authority figure, but you've allowed to have authority in your life might might say something, and that's the self-talk that you'll hear. They may not even say you're not good enough, but because you develop that pattern at a young age of hearing you're not good enough from authority figures, you will struggle with that in your head, and you won't even know what's going on. So I, I wanted to give that background for it because I think it is so powerful to understand that all the, the things that are being said in your head aren't necessarily things that came from you. And when you can stop and say, hey, this isn't me. This, isn't, this is not something that actually is within me. This is somebody else's voice or somebody else's opinion that needs to be done with. That is a powerful breakthrough for you. So I want to make sure we share on that and not just move on from that point.
0: So what we've covered so far is that you need to be aware of yes. your self-talk. And we've, we've started to talk about some of the things that influence your self-talk. Yes, And I think the biggest influence on your self-talk is yourself. Once you're aware of it, you have to understand that you have the ability to control it. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you can you can decide, I'm not going to talk to myself that way. Now, what, the reason people don't talk to themselves in the right way is one, they're not aware of it. They don't understand that they can control it, or they choose not to based upon their feelings. Yes. Right? In the same way that people lash out uh, emotionally, every time I say lash out, it just makes me think of lash out irrationally from the Santa Claus,
1: which you keep referencing. I it. know.
0: I don't know why it's just then so stuck need to watch in that my brain. What's self talk? Whose voice is it? It's a good. It's a good movie. Um, just like when people will act out emotionally, um, it's a choice, right? right. I feel these feelings. Do you, do you, are you going to acknowledge them, and how how are you going to behave because of them? You can also make those same decisions about your self-talk. And if, once you understand how important it is and how much it really influences your future, yes. then you'll say, okay, this is not just me letting my feelings have a moment. Like this actually influences yes. my life and can change what's going to happen in this next moment. And what happens in this next moment can dr- drastically change my future. I need to decide right now to control my self-talk and here's what good self-talk needs to sound like.
1: I love that you made it such a matter of importance there G because you, and one of the things I appreciate about doing this podcast with you is when we talk about things we didn't just go read an article like yes we did we do research and we we you know we do quite a lot of reading but you've experienced some of the most extreme conditions that really humanity can offer uh and truly grasp the power of self-talk and seals are big on on self-talk.
0: Yeah, so in the seal teams this is one of like the first great things they teach you in training. It's called the big four. And the subtitle on that is the big four for managing overwhelming stress, big four for managing extreme adversity. Mm. One of those big four, and I think we we haven't done a full episode on the big four before, no. but we've talked yeah. about it, and we'll need to do that at some point. But one of the big four is self-talk. Mm. These are these are four mental tools that you have to control extreme adversity. How do I get through this? One of them is self-talk. And here's what self-talk does for you. During extreme adversity, during moments of extreme stress, what happens is there's a part of our brain called the amygdala. And you can experience a sensation called amygdala hijack. What the, amygdala, the amygdala is an important part of our brain. The amygdala helps us remember things. It's where uh, memory and emotion come from. Um, it's really the, like the, fly, the fight or flight response yeah comes from the amygdala fear anxiety anger frustration all of those are amygdala sensations the amygdala is in direct contrast to another part of our brain called the frontal lobe Mm. the frontal lobe is where logic and reasoning happen Um, so in opposition to each other you have the amygdala which processes emotions which says hey this is bad hey you need to be very like it's it's a part of the survival instinct, yeah. right? Bear, you need to be afraid, mm-hmm. right? You, like adrenaline needs to pump up. We need to get you, per- like you can't just like chill on this situation, yeah. right? And then frontal lobe is, okay, how do I think through this? What are the right decisions to make? And when you're, when you're in fight or flight mode, I mean, you can just think about a dumb animal and you don't want to be that, mm-hmm. right? This thing is just either going to, like I'm just going to headbutt the bear or I'm going to run away. Like neither of those are the right response, right? If you were encountering a bear you 're going to want to be in the frontal <laughs> yeah, lobe for sure, r- not in fear mode, which is a a great example of so much of our life yes. and why self talk is so important mm-hmm. right we don 't face grizzly bears on a daily basis, but we we face fear sized grizzly bears yeah. on a daily basis. we face anxiety sized grizzly bears yeah. on a daily basis, right, and if you continue to have amygdala responses from those you 're going to end up um, you know, in bed, eating ice cream, trying to make yourself feel better because you're so afraid of the situation. You're going to, you're going to freeze or you're going to run away from it. Right. So that's why self-talk is so important. Self-talk, when you start to talk to yourself and you're aware of it, you, you turn, you re-engage the frontal lobe. Right. So like, if you want to overwrite amygdala hijack and you can't avoid amygdala hijack you can only overwrite it because it is such a base part of our brain yeah you can't turn off the emotion and memory center but you don't want it to be in control yeah. like i don't i'm not trying to delete that process center from my brain i'm trying to make sure that it's not driving so our man tony
1: robbins i've I haven't been able to use that
0: one for a while actually
1: calls that the survival software the amygdala that you talked about yeah Interesting. The, the emotions that you listed there were were anger, fear, frustration, and anxiety. anxiety. Like if I was to say, "Hey, I'm gonna list. I'm gonna list these emotions for you. Which ones do you want to choose? No one is gonna choose those. But to the, I'm really glad you said you can't avoid it because actually, I like to read about neuroscience, and I actually bumped into somebody who did who does neurotherapy, neuroscience therapy. Um, And so I was able to ask a bunch of questions, which I enjoyed. The amygdala is at the beginning of the processing. So like they've looked at how, where information flows through the brain. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like the amygdala is the first
0: sensor or first filter it it has to pass through. Yeah, it is because I mean, it needs to capture emotions and memory. Yeah. Uh, Emotions are what make memory significant right Mm, and so like if you didn't like the things that have scared the crap out of you in your life you don't forget those things true right and that's part of what the amygdala's job is
1: Mm, yeah so it can recognize it that that's exactly what it is like that's why i said that survival software software, yeah i think that that's a great man from our our but you don't you don't
0: want to live in survival software. Definitely. You're not not going to make the best decisions. You're not going to feel like you're having a great life. You're not going to become the best version of yourself by living in survival mode. Right. Most people are seeking to thrive and they're seeking freedom. Neither of those come from operating in survival software. Right. And self-talk is what allows you to say, okay, we're going to put, we're going to press the pause button on survival software and get back to some logic and reasoning thinking.
1: Okay. So I want to give a a real good practical example because we never like to just talk about theory. You've obviously been in some very extreme circumstances and been tested in lots of ways that I know about, and I'm sure even more that I don't. Can you tell me a time when something was happening or something important, whether it was in BUDS or on a mission or whatever it was, and, and where you actively took control of your self-talk and really,
0: you know, utilize that? Um, you know, one of you were asking me earlier about self-talk, and one of the most vivid memories for me Uh, Because I think self-talk is what really won the day for me that day. is not actually a super significant one, uh, but I remember it very vividly. This is the first time that I think I used, and maybe that's why it's important. Maybe that's why I remember it so much, because this is the first active memory I have of like, okay, self-talk is how I got through that. Mm. It was actually before they'd even really taught us or trained it on it. I hadn't even got into the military yet. I was trying to get a contract to go into training. And I was on this uh, run. We've talked about how uh, Garrett is not a natural long-distance runner, which is also why I'm training to become a long-distance runner, <laughs> <Yeah>. because how <laughs> we're, fun. We're doing an ultramarathon, great. Right? Um, but I'm on this uh, run. I'm trying to run a mile and a half in under nine minutes uh, to qualify for a contract to go into the military. And while for some that seems impossible, and for others um, it seems pretty easy, just depends on who you are. For me, it required 100% of my physical ability at that time to run a mile and a half in under nine minutes and I was a little over a mile into the run and I felt like I had given everything that I had and I'm I'm getting to that point where like those your legs start to feel like concrete and you feel like you've been pressing as hard as you can and it's like you can't see it but it's almost like I can feel you know, the pace that I'm supposed to be on the line of the ever moving line of that nine minute pace, I feel like it's getting out and away from me. And I've got to decide now to either change how I'm feeling, change how I'm thinking, or it's over. Yeah, right. I can't you can't give 100% in the last 30 seconds right especially on a, r- oh, a yeah. run of that distance and pacing like if you start to get off pace you're toast right and and guys who are excellent runners understand how important maintaining pace and everything is but anyways i'm at this point where i feel like i've given all that i already have and that pace line is out and running away from me and i start to hear the voice of see you're not going to make it mm-hmm. you're not fast enough you don't have what it takes and as soon as i heard that voice something deep inside of me started saying, you can do this. You're a champion. And I start, I start saying it louder. You're strong. You're capable. And I, and I don't mean out loud. I'm huffing and puffing at this point, but in my brain, it's getting so loud because I feel like the pain in my body and the thoughts in my mind were so loud that I had to scream this mantra in my mind over and over and over. And your thoughts really do direct your future. I was able to uh, complete that run and under nine minutes and finish and just vomit and nearly pass out. Cause it was all that I had and I've vomited from exercise very few times in my life. I'm not like an exercise vomiter, but I did that particular day. Um, and, while that doesn't sound super significant, what I was able to do in that moment was access the best and deepest part of me and get 100% of myself in a moment where that was one of thousands of steps that I had that was critical, that I had to make this step because if I miss here, I'm not going to make it. If I'd have failed that run, that, that could have been the end of my SEAL career from the very beginning, right? If I can't qualify on this time, then I'm not going to make it so anyways just to summarize that story i was in a moment of extreme adversity yeah. like i was trying to give all that i had and these negative thoughts tried to enter my mind and say see like you know you should just slow down right you're not going to make it the pace is already getting ahead of you see how tired you already feel i don't think you're fast. as soon as i started to hear those thoughts i had to speak back against it because I understand that there's two voices inside of me. Mm. There's one voice that is speaking against me. There's one voice that is operating based upon my feelings. And there's one voice, there's another voice, if we're talking about a computer, that is manual entry. I get to write code into myself. And I got to disagree with what my feelings were saying. Garrett was saying, no, that's wrong. This is who I am. This is what I'm capable of. This is what I can do. And in that self-talk, what it also, like, not only was I speaking my future into existence, but what it also allowed me to do was get back into the part of my brain that that I can remember and say things like, you don't have to do this for forever. You just have to do it for right now. Yeah. This run isn't going to kill you. It just hurts really bad. This is how important, like, all of those thoughts, these logical thoughts these thoughts of this is why it's so important to my destiny. These are the things that uh, makes this significant for me. Those are are thoughts that I'm having in my frontal lobe, not in the fear, not in the anxiety part of my brain that says, see, you're not good enough. See, you're not capable. So that's how important self-talk is. You have the ability in a moment to completely switch your inner state and take back control of yourself.
1: Man, you know something that clicked for me while you were telling that story? And thank you for letting us in your brain for that uh, period. I think about the guy that you talked about who was the, the uh, legacy seal that told you every day. And he, was he there whenever you were doing this or no?
0: No, this is before I'd ever joined the military. Okay,
1: so what I love, everybody who listens to this will know that if you want to be good at anything, it's going to take repetition. Mm-hmm. What I did not think about even when we were preparing this is how much self-talk is repetition for you being successful in life. Because all those thoughts that came against you about like, you can't do this. See, I told you you were slow. You literally heard those from the legacy seal whenever you were in, uh, in buds, like leading up to, it. you said he right. was your roommate. And every day I remember you telling the story, he would say, you're never going to make it uncle Bach. Like you're, you you do not have, what yeah, this takes. is a
0: guy who, you know, I should listen to, right. Cause he's been there, done that. Yeah. And he's telling me like, he's looking at my performance and his performance is far greater than mine. My- and he's telling me you have no chance
1: but it just gives me the chills truthfully man because you had practiced that scenario without knowing it in your head so many times and and the reverse is true you could practice so many times the negative where you hear the negative and you go like yeah and you just let it get louder and louder. And those are the people I think that will quit even earlier because they, they give in to those thoughts because they've not, they've not had the repetition of being like, no, I will tell you what's going on. You can tell me no a thousand times and I will tell you yes. And I will keep coming back and I will discipline that muscle to the point that it's an auto response so that when things come against me in life and it actually is coming from the external, not just from the internal, I'm already trained to stand up and say, this is what's going to happen. This is how things are going to go. And then you go out and you do the
0: impossible. There's a part of us that's very weak. There's a voice inside of us Mm -hmm. that listens to everything that the flesh feels Mm -hmm. and experiences and tries to direct us based on that. It is the default natural part of ourself. It's, you know, it's, again, it's a part of the amygdala, which is a base form of our brains, not the, you know other there's a lot of animals that have that same uh, amygdala center in their brain mm. but they do not have the frontal lobe they do yes. not have the logic and reasoning and processing the ability within us to say no this is now i under like you don't have animals have resiliency in the sense that they just like take pain on the chin right but they don't have resiliency in the sense that all these things are telling me one thing but i see something else yes the 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 thought of or the the foundation for me of resiliency is regardless of experience what do you see yes and what are you going to say yeah right and i was saying to myself what i'm capable of based upon the future that i saw for myself that i saw for myself not what i was experiencing in that moment The self-talk mm-hmm. it, it is the center of you being able to lead yourself is what you say to yourself so I hope you, I hope everybody caught that and really, uh, I want
1: to like kind of list it out, summarize the benefits of what we just said, because I think that was such a great example of it. Your self-talk will either be positive or negative. I, I don't know there there's any neutral self-talk. It's either positive or negative. It's either going to be limiting or empowering, and it's either going to be by default or design. And if you, you heard Garrett talk about the amygdala and the emotions that are tied to it. If you and that animals don't have frontal lobes. If you want to go to default, you'll go to the amygdala. And what do we say the quality of those emotions are? Anxiety, frustration, fear. I uh, can't remember the fourth one. Anxiety. Oh,
0: oh, fear, anxiety, frustration, anger.
1: Yeah, anger. That was the other one. And no one's going to choose that. But that is the de- that's the default self talk that you're going to. And fall sir, into. I mean,
0: I experience those feelings all the time, but I don't want to stay there. Yes. And I don't want those feelings to drive my actions. Right. 100 percent
1: so this is this is the default design positive empowered way of taking i've never
0: been led by fear into success
1: yeah no i i completely agree with that now and like you said this is the key to leading yourself better and like we said this is the world's longest the world record for longest conversation guess what it's not going to stop like this process of self-talk will be involved in every single thing that you do whether it's relationships i mean even even when you're playing video games, like it doesn't, like, doesn't matter how small or big what you're doing, your self-talk is going to be there. And it is such an unlock to be able to grasp that and have somebody there cheering for you, you know, telling you, you can do this. If, like, you, you, got can't,
0: this. if you can't say it to yourself, like if, if truly, if you can't coach yourself and speak to yourself, you have no chance, right? You are just the subject of whatever your environment tells you you are. If you want to rise above, if you want to become the greatest version of yourself, it will 100% require that when you're feeling beat down, when you're feeling frustrated, when you're feeling depressed, that within yourself you can say, no, that's not true. That is the only way that you can rise above. Mm -hmm. Other than that, you will just be a product of your environment. On, on the topic of, of self-talk, and I just want to give this, this tool, this tip that I use, is not just um, what you say on the inside, but also vocalizing it. Mm. When I'm dealing with really difficult thoughts, whether it be uh, some form of temptation, or I just really need to coach myself in a moment, like, I can't get through this feeling. I'm trying to have the right self-talk, and I'm having this conversation in my brain. I just can't get over this. What will really help you is to start speaking it out loud because it just activates the frontal lobe even more. Talk to yourself. And if you need to stand in front of a mirror mm. and talk to yourself, like one of my, I think I've talked about this one here before, one of my temptation triggers is like when I'm tempted, something I'll say to myself is, I bet you'd like that, wouldn't you? Mm. Right. And so what I'm doing is reminding myself that this is a conversation. Right. right. I bet you'd like that, wouldn't you? That, is, that, that implies a two-sided conversation. Yeah. That somebody else wants one thing and another person wants something else. Yeah. That there's two conversations in my head. That one part of me wants to feed my flesh. That one part of me wants to lead me to what feels good. And another part of me wants to lead me to what my purpose is in yes. life, right? And so the purpose side of me is speaking to the weak side of me saying, I bet you'd like that, wouldn't you? I bet you'd like to take a day off. I bet you'd like to just rest. I bet you'd like to just chill because you just want to make yourself feel better. You don't want to do what you were put on this earth to do. Mm. That's a that's just a temptation example. When you're dealing with difficult thoughts, um, you know, people say all the time, I just got to get out of my own head. Well, if you want to get out of your own head, Literally get the words out of your head. Mm. When that conversation is dominating your mind, stop having it just on the inside. You can call a friend and talk to them about it, or you can also just talk to yourself. Like some of these horribly negative things that you've said to yourself, start saying them out loud. And when you hear it through your ears, instead of just inside your brain, you'll go, man, i can't talk to myself that way or you'll say that's so untrue because you'll hear it in a different sense you'll hear it as if someone else had said it to you yeah that's so powerful so just i just want to give that a tip or tool alongside self-talk that in certain circumstances it's very uh, helpful to just vocalize it as well speak it out loud don't just speak it on the inside
1: Uh, i I appreciate you saying that i um, am gonna be talking to myself a lot so you know people are gonna think i'm crazy. crazy there's
0: nothing wrong with talking to yourself
1: no, I, I, what I love about that is I know you talk to yourself and I also know, and you've explained why you have a, you talk to yourself in the third person. Sometimes you'll say Garrett's, you know, success unlock
0: is this or whatever it is.
1: And, uh, that just amuses
0: me. Yeah. Well, it's that some of that comes from, and we've talked about this before as well, but it's a good reminder. Some of that comes from that. There's, um, just like we talk about having two voices. I have two versions of myself. Oh Yeah. There is the real me, which the real me has, you know, good conversation and bad conversation. And then there's the ideal version of Garrett. Not the Garrett that's perfect, but the Garrett that's excellent. The Garrett that makes the right decisions. The Garrett that's always focused on purpose, right? And I talk about what that person would do. And so sometimes when I'm referring to Garrett, I'm referring to the best version of me, the version of me that I want to become.
1: I like that. You know, uh, we don't have a sound effect for him, but we probably should. Jordan Peterson actually says that every ideal is a judge. And I love that because what you just said, I mean, if you do, if you don't have an idealized version of yourself, you should probably sit down and and do one because when you like to what you just said, I mean, we're not saying self-talk is going to suddenly make you Superman, but it is a key ingredient to becoming the idealized version of yourself. The
0: ideal person is the person that I dream about becoming. Yeah. Right. So if you don't have an ideal version of yourself, I don't know what you're becoming and neither do you. Fortunately, Batman was created for you, so you, your, ideal, <laughs> your idealized version already exists. All right.
1: Well, guys, I hope that you got some unlocks in there. I think there's a lot of practical practical things we went through uh, about how you want to live, how it affects you, You know, taking hold of these things. Remember, those emotional responses are your indicators, and from there, it's up to you to say what, what was said, whose voice is in your head, and take control of your life so you can truly go out and live the impossible life. Thank you again for listening, guys. We appreciate you every week. If there's anything that you want to hear an episode on or if you have any feedback, we always appreciate you reaching out. Otherwise, we will see you again soon. Boom. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to share, like, subscribe. If you think that this would be something that someone would enjoy, please send it to them. We appreciate it all. If you want to get in touch, you can follow us on Instagram at The Impossible Life. You'll find us on there. You can also email at impossiblelifepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want to get in touch and find out about Garrett's personal or business coaching, that's the way to do it. Thank you again for listening. Go out there, think better, and live the impossible. See you again soon. Long before ice baths were a thing, Garrett was doing them in the SEAL teams. Now we do them as part of our daily morning routine to make us better. We are very pleased to have partnered with Freedom Plunge. Freedom Plunge is on a mission to bring cold exposure to everyone. They believe that cold plungers should be affordable, easy to use, and represent the customer themselves. Cold plunges shouldn't cost a fortune, and these ones don't. Garrett and I both use our Freedom Cold Plunge every single day. It's customized. You can put whatever you want on them. For us, we have our Impossible Life logos. And here's the best part. Just for listening to this podcast, you can go to freedomplunge.com, use the discount code IMPOSSIBLE, and save $500 off any Freedom Plunge. These things are half the price of the ones that you see on the Internet, plus you're going to save an additional $500 with code IMPOSSIBLE. Go to freedomplunge.com and get yourself one now. You will not regret it.